Welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And, Darian, we've, we've got a lot to unpack today, don't we, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We got, a, we got a lot to go over. We're excited, as always, you know, but before we get into all of it, we got to tell them about the merch one more time. Yeah, I don't know if they got the memo, man. We, we, need, <laughs> our, <laughs> we need these shirts, hoodies, whatever. Yes, we need it a- on out there. That's a great point. Yeah, guys, if you missed the episode last week when we did our 2022 UAB football offensive preview, we uh, dropped that we are officially selling merch for the uh, podcast. It goes through a site called Store Frontier, but you can actually go to www.storefrontier.com slash blazerpod and go there and buy a shirt or a hoodie or a long sleeve shirt. And just that helps not only support us a little bit, um, but also just it also helps spread the word about the podcast. You know, if you're rocking that shirt at a game or at the grocery store, you know, a UAB fan might see that and say, hey, what's the Blazer Victory podcast? And boom, there you go. It's a perfect chance for you to help spread the word about our podcast. So, yes, definitely, if you have not already, go ahead and go to storefrontier.com slash blazerpod and get you a T-shirt or a hoodie today. And, again, I will put that link in the show notes to where you can just click on there and go straight to – help support us some but now that we got now that we got that out of the way darian yes so originally today's show guys um we were going to do the defense and special teams but kind of uh some news broke uh sunday morning coming from espn uh an article by alex scarborough about bill clark so what we have decided to do is we're going to dive deep into that discuss this article go into some camp updates uh talk a little bit about UAB's first scrimmage, and then we'll get into the defense. But next week, we will actually uh, discuss special teams and uh, expectations for the season. But Darian, let's go ahead and talk about this article. So the article, if, if you guys have not had a chance to read it, it's from ESPN by Alex Scarborough. The title is Why Bill Clark is Walking Away from the UAB Football Program He Helped Revive. And we just, we got to talk about this for a few minutes. So In this article, uh, Alex does state that uh, Bill Clark is not fully um, 100 percent, you know, not on board with fully just walking away from coaching altogether. He's leaving that door open to, you know, possibly if he wants to, to get back into coaching maybe next year. And again, that just uh, is assuming how, you know, he if he continues to, uh, you know, rehab very well from his uh, spinal infusion, which so far he has. done really well coming off of that fusion but in the article one note that i definitely want to bring up is that he does bill clark does say that he is 100 percent not coming back to uab to coach um darian just what are your quick thoughts about that because I, I know i have a few um a few thoughts that i want to get into about this right I, um i think this is a, a matter of perspective you know when we look at it so <sighs> let's try to unpack it. It was a beautifully written. I, I, I encourage anybody to go read it. It was um like you said, it was on the ESPN platform. You can go read about it. It's so detailed. I'm glad I'm glad they was able that Alex was able to really dig deep down into the roots of it. Because I didn't know that it came from his freshman, sophomore year. You know, that's when he first tweaked his back, squatting too much weight and trying to right. push through it trying to push in we all know how it was back in the day you just try to muscle through anything and be, be tough and that kind of backfired on him and 
he's basically just been working through this pain all his life, you know. And, you know, you get to a point to where, all right, you know, it's time to kind of, you know, if you talk to any coach on this level, they'll tell you about the burnout, no matter how young they are. Right. You got to you got to think if you got children, you got a wife, you got it's more than just you. And, you know, it's a coaching carousel. I mean, you coaches get hired. They moving across from New York to California to Texas. It's wild. And uh, that's really a a podcast topic in itself just mm-hmm. for people to understand that you know coaches are actually actually people <laughs> with lives they you know <laughs> that people get emotional stuff happens um but um just the uh, the whole hustling bustle back and forth i get it he's 53 he's done well for for himself and um they detailed all of that in the espn article it was time to address an issue i do believe it- all, all of what he said was very very true Yes, and just to expound on that, what you just said, Darren, you know, about how coaching is very demanding um, just in general, but especially, you know, this last year, you know, with, you know, you got to deal with NIL, you've got to deal with the train. I mean, the transfer portal has all always been there to an extent, but now it's just really gotten out of hand where really, you know, you have to on a daily just re-recruit your home players that are on the team. So it is a <laughs> very demanding uh, profession. Now, granted, hey, they get paid well for it, but, I mean, it's almost a 24-7 job, you know, that these coaches are having to do nowadays. Right, and it's not only the coaches having to do it. I want people to understand it's just like you have to have that coach's wife. Yes, Basically, she has to be down for the ride, whatever. And you don't. The crazy thing about it is, you don't know what the ride entails. Right. You just you just signing up. So, you know, I have friends that um that's in the coaching profession. Profession, and it's tough on them. Like I, you know, when you have when you become when you make these relationships in college, um, a lot of times you end up knowing the wife of the player. I mean, because you probably all went to parties together, you went to classes mm-hmm. together, so they're just as much as your sister. You know, and um, so your wife and their wife, they always talk. They, you know, so that's how it is. Like some of my wives talk to some of my friends, wives who happen to be coaches and just hearing the stories from them coming from their angle. It is eye opening. You it see, is. The, you see the stress of all the moving. You have to they have to pick up so, so much of the pieces, like with the kids. You got schools like let's think from a basic human side of this, like. You got to appeal to that side. So I know Jennifer, you know, went through a lot with this, with uh, with him. And I, I know she, I know that she's happy that she's probably for the first time in years get to experience her husband in totality. Right. <laughs> you know, they're, they're grandchildren and like this has been all of their lives. So did he, he absolutely deserved that time to address a, a, a lingering issue, a chronic issue in his back. And, um, you know, in, in, in the article, they, you know, they detail how many surgeons and physicians that he called out and reached out to to get opinion after opinion, but he had to get the spinal fusion. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no way around it. He had to do it. And, you know, the recovery, you know, up to six months. And and now this afterwards, this is where you start to me is where you start getting into perspectives, like how you how you look at the story. Right. Because because like, as you noted, he did say that, hey, it's it's, he's not he's going to coach in my from my perspective and what I'm reading. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's 
you only 53, man. You're going to get back out there. <laughs> you're right. not gonna, at, at 53, you're just not going to settle. I just can't, I can't see that. Like, if you've always been used to going, but I, um, but he, he's not coming back to UAB. Let's put that to rest. And, um, I, I totally understand that though. Me know? too. I mean, I, I mean, I do like, honestly, hold on. Let me, let me get the exact quote that he gave in the article. Should have had it pulled up. Um, but I mean, yeah, you are, 100% right. I do not. Yeah, okay, here's a quote. Got it right now. So, in the article of Alex Scar from Alex Scarborough, quote, uh, this is Bill talking. I've done what I need to do there, speaking at UAB. My dream is that our guys there have a great year. That's my dream because then it stays in the family. So, he he's, you know, he said 100% in the article he has done according to him everything he could do at UAB, which I mean, you know, you go back to the episode we dropped um a few weeks ago, Darren, you know, we talked about that, you know, when we kind of brought up the Bill Clark retirement discussion, you know, he's taking UAB to another level. I mean, you know, he's got UAB heading into a lot better conference in the American. He has a, you know, we, we've got protective stadium, a brand new $175 million stadium that, you know, everybody in the city enjoys. I mean, he's, you know, kind of done, I guess, in his mind, everything that he could do for this program. And we are going to be forever great for Bill Clark and his family, you know, for what he's done for UAB football and, you know, bringing it back, of course, you know, with the return and everything that uh, even going back to 2014, getting that team bowl eligible. But I agree with you. I don't, you know, I do think he takes the year off, um, which is obviously what he's doing anyway to, you know, just heal and spend some time with family with the grandkids, as you just mentioned, but yeah, I just, I see him, you know, coaches want to coach, you know, every time you talk to a coach, you know, he's forever, he or she is forever a coach. They're always thinking about the sport that they coached. He's going to want to get back in the profession and, you know, kind of having this handing the reins off to Bryant Vincent and his coaching staff. I think Bill was, you know, happy with that you know he's he, he you know a big bowl win last year he's you know been bowl eligible every single year that he's been the head coach at UAB and he feels that he's handed it off in good hands to Bryant Vincent and we've already you know we've got to get to the game to the games in a few weeks but I mean you already look at the recruiting momentum that we've discussed and everything going on all the positives going on on the uh, in on the south side like right now under Vincent but yeah right. I, I see look for those that don't know, this man, Bill Clark, he's he had offers to go elsewhere, whether that and that's in the power five, you know, whether that's a coordinator position or whether that's being a G5 coach at another G5. I mean, he this man has had offers even going back to 2014. So this is a very long winded answer, but I, I agree with you. I don't see him, you know, sitting around fully retired. Like He's going to want to get back in the coaching profession in some sort of fashion. And honestly, Darren, I could see, you know, maybe like a Georgia Tech or somewhere like that opening up very soon and them giving Bill a call. Right. I, I, that, that'll that probably be one of the first calls I'll make. You know, mm -hmm. he he um he's he's a free agent at that point, you know, and his his track record it speaks for itself. But that's why I think it, at that point it gets into a matter of perspective, because the real reason I feel like I, it could be different reasons, but. So my main reasons is um, he wouldn't want to come back to UAB because you just sit, not your offensive coordinator, but a guy that is a close friend to you. 
Yeah. You know, like he is, they are very close. Like everybody on that coaching staff is pretty close. And I, I know how he um, regards BB. So, mm-hmm. um, of course, you wouldn't want to come back and be like, ah, and you're I want my job like, back. Yeah. <laughs> I, want my, I want my job back. But, but so what he's done is he's, uh, it's a difference between boss and leaders. And what he, what I feel like he did as a leader was you set, as you set your people that's with you that that rock that rides with you. You set them up for future success, right. and so he was able to give Brian Vincent that opportunity, perfect opportunity. It's set up for him, and I think he feels like okay, then my time is my time is done. And you don't want to sometimes as a head coach once you if you're at a place for so long, at times that your voice can become kind of stagnant. You know, um, sometimes uh, it's good to have a, a new kind of style of leadership being implemented there. So um, they're, they're both very different coaches. They they both have the same uh, goal. Mm-hmm. I, bo- I both they can, uh, I think, I think they'll reach their goals. But I think Brian Vincent's style is different. And I think that's what the team was need. You know, that's what that's what was needed at the time. Right. You know. And um, I think it was just a good move by both, man. I just, I think, I think Bill was able to establish all of the foundations that was absolutely necessary. I believe that probably he was the only guy that was able to would would, would have been able to do that. Like he had he had to work through so much BS just to get us to at this level, man. And he right. what it, what he's done is amazing. He's built this foundation plus more. He set his good friend up for tremendous success and they it's a it's a loaded roster a loaded defense and uh we'll get into it definitely and just one more thing you know bill like bill clark will always be you know one of the goats of uab football like i mean this without this guy we've said it before the program would not exist now um i mean it wouldn't be where it is without bill clark um so we definitely appreciate everything that he's done uh for this you know, not not just for the school, but for the city of Birmingham. And honestly, Darren, like, I don't know how you feel or, you know, we're seeing a mixed reaction about this article, whether it be on Twitter, Facebook, online, wherever. Um, but honestly, man, I'm at peace with it. Like this, it's almost like this. I mean, obviously you don't, you hate that he had the back issues and you hate that he had to, you know, it took where he had to get a fusion to be able to get it fixed. But it's almost like, with him taking this or, you know, retiring before the season and and handing it off to Bryant Vincent, it's almost like both parties can kind of be at peace with it. You know, like Vincent's taking the reins and Bill's able to kind of step away. And then, you know, if, if hopefully UAB is able to have a successful year, like we both think they will this year in the 2022 season, then, hey, you know, Bill goes off to somewhere else and, you know, everything just moves on, which would be great. And it, and we've talked before, you know, he's still going to get a statue at the stadium one day. Right, right. Like, he is UAB. Like, there's right. no – I want him to – I want to see him go to a P5. I want to Me see too. him dom- – I want to see him dominate. I want to see him compete for national championships. He, he deserves that. This is our guy. Right. You know, this is our guy. It's like, you know, maybe like a parent or something. That's a weird analogy. But like maybe if you're a parent and you played at a certain college, you played – you know, and then you have a child that decides to go to their rivals. You're not going to be like, oh, you know, go, you know, when they grow up, they go to the rival school and you're not going to be like, oh, no, I can't cheer. No, you're going to 
cheer for the best no matter what. Like, right. And all, all that to say is family. So if family goes somewhere else, everything he's done for us, there's no ill will. I always, I'll forever be a, and I think most of the Blazer Nations thinks the same way, but we'll always be forever grateful for him. And we'll always be fans of Bill Clark no matter where he's at. And hopefully, you know, he gets back into it and he's competing for national championships. And I'm, I get to brag to all of my friends, say, I told y'all, <laughs> we was trying to tell y'all like back then <laughs> that this dude was an awesome coach. Y'all didn't listen. So, right. yeah. Very well said. Well, all right. Well, let's get into some football discussion. You know, fall camp has continued. Um, had our first scrimmage uh, this past Saturday, which we'll get into in a little bit. But let's just kind of talk about uh, fall camp in general. Uh, I guess, Darren, I wanted to ask you, you being a former player, like, Obviously, you know, everybody's all the players are excited heading into fall camp. But can you kind of just tell the listeners how it is that second and third week of fall camp and how that compares to the first week? Like, is it less exciting for the players or is it like what was your experience? Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's all full of oil and vinegar. Everybody's on <laughs> fire in the beginning because. Everybody's going to make this statement that they're this great player and they're going to win the starting position and they can just envision I've been working so hard, you know, in the summer, right. you know, and now I'm going to show everybody it's my time. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody on the team thinks that every, every single person, every single person from walk on, it's a, it's a freshman walk on They get on and say, I'm going to earn this scholarship and I'm going to prove I'm the best. You know, like it'll be guys you never heard of that that they all have this, and that's the that's the attitude you're supposed to have as right. a competitor, as an athlete. But um, you know, by the time when you switching into these the second week and going to the third week, you know, after that first scrimmage, and a lot a lot of times reality starts setting in. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the reality starts setting in, and it it can be kind of um, humbling. Is the word, you know, it can be very humbling. It's and then you, you know, some guys can't take it the right way. Yeah. You know, young, you got to think you might have, uh, you might have P5 transfer guys coming over, or you might have a, a red shirt sophomore, red shirt junior, somebody that's been bidding their time and waiting. And um, you might have a um, talented four star freshman come over, you know. Um, that's ready, you know, they, they think they can come in and they can do their thing. Like you have all of these and, and then you got guys coming off of recruiting, you know, they get all this attention when they get recruited. Right. You know, so you got all of this and then all it's, it's a lot of humbling going on. Some guys don't react to it. Well, some mm-hmm. guys act out, you know, and it's, um, you're tired. You've been hitting on each other, but then you kind of look at the depth chart. It's how can you admit that, man, maybe, Maybe Debo is better than me at running the ball right now. <laughs> like, right. You know, like, it's now. Now you're trying to find your role, your purpose, and as a kid, sometimes that's just real hard to come to grips with. That hey, mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not going to be getting on the field this year. Right. Like, that's that's what it is. I'm not. I'm not. It's it's tough. Like, how do you adjust to that? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point. And um, well, let's just talk about what we've heard you know, out of these first couple weeks from fall camp and Darian, I mean, from what I'm hearing, uh, <laughs> and we're going to get into it in a few minutes, but this defense is deep 
man. Like, man. I, like you've got these guys, like, for one guy I want to name, Kobe Dempsey. You hear, he even had a good scrimmage, and we'll get into that a little bit, but, like, you hear him popping off, and you're like, dude, this guy, like, I don't know if he's going to get a lot of playing time, but you've got to find a way to get him on the field with the way he's been performing on fall camp so far. Like He's going to he's gonna be on the field, trust me. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> he's going to be out there. <sighs> so from like like you know, I was able to see see the scrimmage, and of course you can't say exactly you know certain things and you know right. formations and blah blah blah. I'm not here to even talk about that. I'm here to talk about how, just how like you said the depth mm-hmm. was crazy. Like on on defense especially, like so many guys rotating in and out, all can play. All and to me, this is the fastest our defense has ever been. Wow. See, that's great to hear. Yeah, our, our secondary and our linebacker speed is just like they're sideline to sideline, man. These guys are getting after it. So you got guys just – I mean, I've never seen us this deep. You know, I, it's funny. I was going around. You know, there was a lot of the former players there. I'm going around, and I'm talking to certain, certain guys. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Trey Ragland. I was talking to uh, – BT and all these different dudes, and I'm just like they're 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 way better than what we were, huh? Oh, they like, <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> they just like, yeah, of course, duh. You know, man, hey, you didn't get out there and show them. You didn't get out there and show them how's done. Listen, I I got two plays, <laughs> and one of them big boys, one of them big boys would have knocked me right on my back, man. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like man, we got we got we have a uh, good size. We have amazing speed. Our defensive secondary. Like Will Bowler was, Will Bowler to me was always more of a hitter yeah. than a than a coverage guy. Man, I don't know what he did this offseason, but he definitely shored up whatever weakness because coverage looked like a strength of his. Like, dude was flying around. Kobe Dempsey was making mm-hmm. plays anytime the ball was near his area, and I was I was um standing by Steve Irvine and we just watching this scout and looking at all of this. And um we just like, man, they go they go 30 they 33, they go Kobe Dempsey again. They can't complete a pass on this dude, you know. Mm, nice. And uh they and they not to mention you got Ster- Sterling Thompson. Well, you Starling and you got um all of the safeties we have. Like I saw Grayson Grayson Cash making plays, you know, mm-hmm. the Miller Miller twins out there. You got Jackson Braden and Noah Wilder and like it's so many different players that was making plays. I saw some of the red shirt, some of the red shirt freshmen making plays, like uh Charles Daniels the third, like wow, you know, nice, yeah, or uh, Tamarius Brown. He he made a couple good plays. I saw Reese Collier, you know, the linebacker, uh, Deshaun Oliver. Man, it was so many guys on defense everywhere just making plays. I even saw like our defensive line. It's like they they had to get settled in more because mm-hmm. I know this off we should have but just uh, this off topic we talking about the defense but I'm going on record to say we we have the best offensive line in conference. Oh, there's no doubt, man. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm on record with saying that. So um, <laughs> it was it was it was clear to see, like clear. Uh, but uh, you know they they had to settle in a little bit more against our offensive line because um they were they was able to gash him a couple times. Our running backs were um, you know, Skull and Debo didn't even play. But man, AJ Gates, the guy that we keep talking about. Man, yeah. Able he to see good, him. Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> him and Lee Witherspoon. <laughs> see. They look, 
they look good. Like Zeus Pyramid. You know who else look good? The uh the freshman, uh Tavin Tavin Curry, oh, I believe. Yeah, Tavin name. Curry, yeah. Yeah. That's he looked good. The dude looked good. I'm like, man, how many running backs we got? <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like, and last week, we didn't even – I don't even think we talked about Curry. And then another guy that UAB put out on their official statement was Lee Beebe. Like, I didn't even – I'm like, who, I, like, I, who he, are these people, man? <laughs> and Steve was like, who is 29? We was like, I was like, how, how, does, how to say his name? And guess what? He ran the ball good. Like, Steve, good. And I'm, I'm looking at these guys. I'm looking at y'all like Lee Beebe out there. I'm looking at Tavon Curry. I'm like, Tavon Curry, in my day, probably would have been playing. Like, he probably would have been like a second – the second running back. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at all these guys. I'm like, he can't. He can't even really even get into the depth chart right now because we have so many guys. But back to the defense. You know, we had, <laughs> we had. Uh, we it's just so much team speed. And if our, um, if I, we're gonna get into it. If our D line can really nail down the power element of the game, and I just don't. Man, man, I don't want to. I don't want to overhype us. <laughs> I, don't, I, re- I really don't, but yeah, I was impressed. Right. And, I mean, hey, and from the official statement, you know, going back to, you know, you discussing Will Bowler earlier. I mean, this guy in coverage, two interceptions. I mean, and this is off of one, one from Zeno and one from Dylan Hopkins. I mean, you know, you, I, I guess if you said, you know, like you mentioned earlier, if Bowler had a, quote, weakness, I mean, I don't think he did, does. But, I mean, if he's already – coming out here the first scrimmage and showing how he can coverage and how, what he's worked on in the offseason, I mean, my goodness. You know, CUSA, better look out. Yeah, so, you know, in talking to um, some some of the guys that work with the team, they was just saying how the emphasis, you know, they was, like, emphasizing, like, keeping the gains they made over the summer and just really working on speed and explosion, you know, stuff like that, and just – a lot of times that doesn't it doesn't carry over well when they go to camp, but obviously it's been able to carry over with our guys. Um, you know, I, I I love the atmosphere that's 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 there. It was so competitive. I mean, these guys were really treating it like a real game. You see the music; they had the music going, and it was so much energy. Guys yelling, and you can feel it. You can feel it. I'm like, man, this is so much different. From when I played, when everybody was just trying to kind of survive the scrimmage, like, yeah, oh, we'll make it through, whatever, you know, how, how many plays we got. No, like these dudes was out there trying to earn spots and trying yes. to get better, and it was it was so like it got my adrenaline going, just seeing guys praying and just getting amped up, screaming before before the scrimmage. It was so much. It was real competitive juices. It's seeing disappointment when they was coming to the sidelines. You see guys like mad like really pissed off that something didn't go right and i'm just like man we have the right spirit in here i you don't see that often no matter what college program you go to and you know just talking to some of the coaches and talking to some of the people the players they want to be there like they 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 really relish in the opportunity to like work out and and you know just talking to some of the former players that's been around they was just like yeah man like these guys come in pumped up because then the program is set up for them to get better. It ain't sometimes you go into programs and they just trying to test you, test you mentally, like like you in the like you in the Marines or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but really our program is set up now to where they actually just work on football and improving you as a player and as a student. 
That's right. it. It's not I'm trying to see how big your courage is and <laughs> you know, it's is that that stuff is like I, I'm gonna try to break your wheel. It's gonna be so Oh yeah. That, that is so that is such outdated. I know sometimes we see football movies and that's what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, man, that is an outdated way of thinking. Just can we get better? How can we get better? Exactly. And how can we how can we translate that over to the field and all of that shows guys are bigger, guys are cut up. You know, you know, one thing I used to hate about like watching the Alabama Crimson Tide is like you can help it if you see a guy come in as a freshman about five months later, you'd be like, Who is this grown man? <laughs> right. <laughs> and 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 it's cool to see that we have we have that now. I was looking at these dudes, I'm like, dang, this dude got bigger, man. This dude got leaner. Ooh, he's cut up now. Hey, shout out how, to Colin. Hey, Strengthzilla, man, he's got those guys ready. Like real, real deal, man. We, mm-hmm. I got they. They look like dudes. Like they do. They look, they look like guys. <laughs> man, I tell you, but hey, I'm I'm getting excited. You know, hearing all this from you, Darren, and honestly, too, what this just sounds to me is that the team seems to be completely on board with uh, Coach Bryant Benson and this, you know, culture that he's, you know, already starting to show on the South Side. Like, did you get that feel that the team's just seems to be dialed in and ready to ready to rock under Benson? 100 percent. One hundred. Brian Benson seems like a guy that's all about. He's all about the feels like, <laughs> like right. that's what I call it, the feels like the feelings. He understands. I think he knows how to tune. He knows how to tune in with these guys and tap into the the human side of of players. You know, you know, he 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 listens to them. You know, you can tell that they want they want to play for him. They they want to. And I as a um sometimes as people that's looking on TVs or looking in the stands, we don't understand. We all we think about is X's O's and like, oh, why are you just doing this? And but there's right. a there's a a whole other side to it that's important and man i can feel the energy nobody no one had anything negative anything negative to say about brian vincent everybody wanted from the coaches to the players to former players they all wanted to play with him and even even with us with some of the former players he had us all of us it was a lot of us there all of us introduced ourselves to the current players all of us and you know in in the team meeting sitting and he just wanted to establish that link. Like, why is this so important for, you know, for everybody? And he just wanted everybody to meet each other and get the family, that family atmosphere brewing. He was the one that just decided to do that on a whim, you know. And uh, I just really appreciate him just for doing that for us. He don't know us, oh, you yeah. know. But um, just the way that the environment he's creating for these kids, man, it's so awesome, and it, it had me. It had, like I said, it had my adrenaline going. I wanted to give a play or two before I pulled a hamstring. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, it's right. awesome. Well, that's great to hear. And also, too, you know, you mentioned BT earlier. Shout out to uh, you know Bryant Turner um, and uh, David Crane and Landrum Roberts are going to be the new radio guys for WJOX ninety four point five FM. So uh, you, you you said earlier you got to talk to BT some. Did you? Get, did oh you get yeah. That? Yeah, man, man, that BT, that's my boy. We used to have battles at practice, and then, you know, as life goes on, you know, he sold me my house out here. You oh, know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, BT did that, and we was there. And I was like, man, we talked, we talked for a while, you know. We was just looking at some of the players and, you know, giving our analysis. And I said, BT, man, I ain't know you was a, a media dude. He was like, <laughs> man, I didn't know neither, you know. But he, 
he he he's he's just relishing in the opportunity and um right. I know him and Landrum and David, you know, David the the veteran there. I know mm-hmm. that I know that the uh kind of color analysis is is going to be really cool. So, I can't wait to hear him. Yes, definitely can't wait to hear them. And hey, BT, how about man? I saw a picture of him when they made the announcement. I said, man, that dude is jacked. Like he is—he still look like, like that. He still he look like, like he go out there right now and play, man. I, he probably can. Like, oh, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> hey, BT, if you're hearing this, let me know when you want to do one on ones, man. I can tune you up real quick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, all right, man. Well, let's go ahead and get into this uh, 2022 defense uh, episode, preview episode. And let's just kind of talk about, you know, you've got nine starters coming back on this defense for this year. We've talked a lot. The really the only and, you know, only lack of experience is up front. And, and that's lack of starting experience. You know, we've got some guys up front that have played a bunch these last few years, but we, we really don't have a lot that have started. So let's just kind of talk about this defensive line. Obviously, you know, losing Tyree Turner, losing Moultrie, losing, you know, Justin Thomas, Macario Stanley, losing those guys, it, it's not good. You know, it hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you bring some dudes back. And I think, you know, last week I thought Jermaine Brown's skull was going to be the breakout player on the offensive side of the ball this year. I want to say the breakout player on the defensive side of the ball this year is going to be a guy up front, and that's going to be Redshirt Junior Fish McWilliams. I mean, I think this guy, you know, he's just due, Darian. Like, yeah, you know, last year, he played in 12 games last year. He only started a couple. I know he started the Liberty in the FAU game. He might have started another one, but I know at least those two. Like, I mean, he was still – you know, if they run, if the other team was running the ball, he was right up there by the running back. He, he may not have got the tackle, but he was within arm's length of getting that tackle. Like, right. I think, and from what I've heard out of camp, I think Fish is ready to step up this year and kind of take that next step. What, what, what do you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I definitely saw Fish, um, like in a leadership role. And I saw him being, um, the veteran up front. Just he was in the right spots. He was. I like the fact that it was a lot of talking going on during um during plays. It was a lot of communication, Good. and it it'll be it'll be a lot going on in the D line, and they were making sure they were lined up right for the first scrimmage, man. And it, you know I'm getting I'm getting right back to fish, but for the first scrimmage, man, it was like almost hardly any penalties. That's good. Like it, hey. was, it, it's, it was so good. Like, it was so clean. And I, I didn't even think about it until afterwards. I'm like, man, they played some real football. Like, it was so mm-hmm. clean and because they cared. And even up front, you had all of these new guys, you know, like a Drew Tuazama. And, but yes. you got guys, you got guys like Fish McWilliams was making sure that guys was in the right spot every single, every single play. Um, So, good. Just seeing him and he, they, him and like Isaiah Forte and Michael Fairbanks, yes. you know, Ke- Kelly Sanders. You had all these guys that's been around and they they played in big time moments. They've all made big time plays, and you can tell that they they are relishing in this chance to um, be the guys now. You know, mm-hmm. they, even though we missed a lot of the uh, the experience that's leaving, they, they they did a good job and they they have to go against the best offensive line in conference, in my opinion, every, every day. Right. And, uh, and, uh, iron sharpens iron. You can tell. And I, I, our defense does a good job. Like, even if they got gashed on a couple run plays here and there, and they got, 
they they did a good job of not breaking. You good. know, and um, it was hard to get points on them. Like they they stood stout <laughs> when it was time to stand stout, and they and they rotated a lot of guys. And Fish McWilliams was like in the middle of it every time, you know. So I think that um, he definitely has the chance to be the breakout player on defense on the team this year. Good. And I mean, you just mentioned uh, these other guys, too, that I was going to bring up. But, you know, you know, senior Isaiah Forte coming back. I mean, this was a guy that played in over nine games last year. And and Kevin Penn, I mean, 6'3", 310, Richard Jr. I mean, this is a guy that I've liked really, you know, since the spring game last year when I saw him in the spring. game, I said, okay, this guy's going to be good. Um, I mean, but, you know, he played in six games last year, had over nine, had nine tackles. He should show improvement. But, I mean, you just look at the size of these guys up front, you know, with Fish, Forte, Penn. And then, you know, coming in from what I've heard out of fall camp and, you know, UAB has put out a couple releases of, of updating fall camp. And and also, you know, shout out to Steve Irvine, shout out to Evan Dudley. But I've been hearing a lot of good things about Joker Gill. And this is the junior, you know, coming from Juco route uh, from Mississippi Gulf Coast. Like, were you able to get some eyes on him in the scrimmage that you were? Because, like, I've heard nothing but good things coming from, um, you know, reports about Joker Gill. So what what I what I liked about guys like Joker Gill and like um, Tuazama and all of the guys that, you know, I think it was uh, is it Tyreek Howard? Like all of the guys that we got yes. coming over is that you can tell that they are still getting better and that they are open to receiving that. You know, it they was open to it. So it's like and I like it was it was just like a clear ladder, a clear like a picking order of, of like, okay, I'm I'm helping you transition into the best version of yourself. So these guys look like they look like dudes. Tyreek Howard is huge. He, dude, he's, he's like, what he's <laughs> what, three fifty, I think. Like he's kinda of built like Anthony Rush. You remember? He Rush? looked exactly he looked exactly like him. He <laughs> nice. looked exactly like him, but you can you can t- uh still tell like with like Howard and, and Jokey Gill, you know, they still was like working to consistently have um, the leverage and have right. the the violent hands. You can tell that it was still little things that they was like working on and being intentional about. And you know, just talking to the guys, and they just like, yeah, they 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 coming along. And every time they said it about, I remember them saying that about Marino and saying yeah. that about Anthony Rush and saying that about Alex Wright, like. Talking to Kyle Tatum, like, yeah, man, we getting them coached up, man. Just give me a little, give me a little time with them, you know. I and every time he said that, like, some they've always turned out to be gems. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said had the same things to say about these guys. So it was good to see the motor that they had, even if they probably messed up here and there on little things. You can see that they was open to receiving that um, the constructive criticism to get better. And we're gonna good. we're gonna be we're gonna be good up front. We're gonna be okay. good. Good. Great to hear you. I'm glad you brought up Tyreek, um, you know, coming from Itawamba Community College. Um, and, and and it looks like on the official UAB roster, they list him at 6'6", 348. Golly. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that's correct. Like it, it was it was funny to see, like, because you'll see like Kyle Harrell, who, who's gotten a lot bigger. Kyle Harrell, you know, was probably 200, 205 pounds, you know. Mm-hmm. He looked like he looked like he about two twenty five, two thirty now, and he still has that same speed and burst that he had at that smaller size. So, 
Just see, but just seeing like how Harrow out there, and then seeing Tyreek Howard right next to him is kind of funny. Like, <laughs> like it, yeah. it, he, he's huge. Uh, he's a load man. If he if he gets that leverage down pack, I don't I don't see how anybody will really be able to move him at all. No. Uh-uh. So yeah, we, we I'm, I'm um I'm curious to see his development, and I'm ready to see him on the field. Definitely love to see it. And we just got through uh, mentioning talking about the defensive line with those big guys up front that can help stop that run, the opposing running game. But let's kind of get into these linebackers a little bit. Um, oh, no, no. Before we get in linebackers, hey, don't sleep on Devin Manigault, too. Redshirt freshman, 6'4", 270. That mm-hmm. guy can get in the rotation right away and contribute, I think. So look, look, look to hopefully – I mean, I don't think he'll – get a lot of playing time with the guys we you know in front of the guys we just mentioned earlier but i definitely see him coming in and making some sort of impact this year right right like all of those like those um red shirt freshman guys like devin Manigold and mm-hmm. you know uh tamarius brown type guy all of those guys was making plays like exactly we're, like, like we're they we're we're very deep i don't think people understand how deep we play we're very deep man mm-hmm. so uh I wouldn't be surprised if uh, throughout the season that we see some of those younger guys, you know, get more and more and more and more time and they break into that too deep. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, speaking of deep, Darian, let's talk about these linebackers, man. And, and I, I want to start kind of with the guys in the middle, the the middle linebackers. And I mean, according to uh, Brian Vincent, he says that we are six deep just at the middle linebacker position. So mm-hmm. let's just let's go ahead and get into these guys. Obviously, it starts with I think one of the leaders of the defense, retro senior Noah Wilder. I mean, you know, this was a guy. I mean, we don't need to get into all the stats because everybody knows what a great season he had last year. You know, uh, Conference USA honorable mention, uh, second team CUSA, even in back to 2020 season. Um, played in all 13 games last year. Um, he led the team in tackles with 93. Um, I mean. This guy, he seemed to get better throughout the season last year. And um, from what I've been hearing is that he is a very vocal leader, you know, so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's very vocal. What I saw, he was one of the main guys, you know, directing directing traffic um, out there. You know, of course, being in that middle. I mean, yeah, I mean, man, we ain't really even got to talk about Noah. Noah's been here forever. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? That's we know what he's about. We, we, we know, we, what, he's we know what he's going to he's, he's gotten, I remember the first year he was just more, you know, when he was playing, he was more so of a downhill tackler guy. And then all of a sudden he became a coverage guy. To, to, to be able to see him, com- like, completely round out his game to where you can trust him on the field to cover or to stop runs or – it's it's been beautiful to see that he's a complete linebacker. So ain't, we ain't got to say too much about him. Definitely. Well, hey, you mentioned this guy earlier um, in the scrimmage, Deshaun Oliver. I mean, this Richard Jr. You know, he got in nine games last year. Um, got thirty five tackles. You know, last year in those nine games. So already contributed last year. Uh, could you see where he's kind of upped his game so far with the scrimmage oh. you saw? Yeah, and Steve is correct when he say like we're so deep because a lot of times you you can you'll mess around and see a guy that started so many games like Deshaun Oliver running with the twos and threes. Mm. He was running with the ones, but you'll see him running. You he was it it was no ego in none of this, you know. Because when I mm-hmm. only noticed it, he was running with the twos at one time when I heard pow. And it was Deshaun Oliver that made a play. Oh, yeah. and, he, and he got up flexing and talking his noise, you know. So, 
Yeah, he looked he looked like Deshaun Oliver. He was good. He looked like uh even a more a more sure tackler. Um uh, this from what I saw. So yeah, man. He uh he was making his plays super deep at this spot. Good. And you know, kind of a third guy that I think is a little proven too is uh Tyler Taylor, you know, retro senior. Uh, he played in nine games last year as well. Um and actually started six games and had thirty-four tackles. I mean, this is a guy, um, you know, going back to the UTSA game where, you know, he had, I think, eight tackles in that game. I mean, this this is another guy that's kind of proven, you know. So, really, you look at these three guys, you look at Noah Wilder, Deshaun Oliver, Tyler Taylor. These three guys are proven. Now, you've got three other guys that, you know, as you just mentioned earlier with it, how, how deep this linebacker unit is. I mean, he, they're just as good. You know, you look at uh, Renard Ellis, the guy coming in from um, Georgia Southern, all Sunbelt guy. You look at Jackson Bratton coming from Alabama, who was originally a four-star recruit. I mean, mm-hmm. and then you got Reese Collier too, who you just mentioned earlier. So I mean, <laughs> right? You got it was so many guys, and it, it's like they know how to. David Reeves is doing a good job to DC of of making sure all these guys play. Like we we right. It was so many I couldn't keep up with it. It was like big substitution packages. If I wanted to tell you the formation to what they was going, I couldn't. I couldn't do it anyway. Right. I, no. I, yeah. It was so. It was so much going on. Like man, and these. That's why I was so impressed that they didn't have any penalties because it it required so much communication. Right. Because we we have so many guys that can play and and can contribute, and um. So we got to have find ways to get them on the field at the right time, and we. I don't even know if it's starting. I don't even know if, like, it's such a big deal to these guys because they're all playing. So to see, like, Jackson Brandon, I thought Jackson was way smaller than what he, what he was. He's not a small guy. Uh-huh. And um, and to see him, the speed that he has, like, to be to be his size. But I saw him, you know, deflecting passes, going, running stride for stride with Malik Bryant, mm. you know. And I see him out there. He, he looks good, like – our linebackers look so legit. I and, and I I don't want to keep on harping on like, oh, if we have the, the best in conference at this was hey man, like <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to tell you. Like if 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 Tyler Taylor gets his hands on he's a big dude. If he gets his hands on you, you're going down. Yeah. I, I like I like the I like the fire that our guys compete with, the knowledge that they have and how clean that they play. This is the cleanest brand of football. And I seen you. I mean, I know it was just a scrimmage, but even going to the past scrimmages, it was like we've been haunted by yellow flags. Mm-hmm. This was this scrimmage. I know is one scrimmage, but man, everybody was lined up. Every wasn't nobody doing nothing crazy. It wasn't no over aggressiveness. Like it was clean, good football. And um, it, to have all these linebackers going in and out, all of them making plays. You know, I, I found myself just like looking down at the roster sheet, like, okay, who, okay, who is, okay, who is this? They all were making plays, like good plays, solid tackle. I'm gonna get you down, you know, on, on some good players. So, I'm excited, man. We we so we're so deep. I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited just listening to you talk about them, man. I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm ready to kick it off now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's hey, let's go ahead and get into these outside linebackers. Now, you know, obviously hate losing Alex Wright, you know, coming off the edge. Um, one guy that's going to have to just kind of pick up 
where, you know, Alex Wright left off is, you know, Kelly Sanders, you know, senior coming back. Um, he's going to be back on the outside playing that Jack linebacker. Um, I mean, this is a guy that I think can almost do what Alex Wright did last year. You know, when Kelly Sanders got into games, you know, he played in all 13 games last year, had 30 ta- tackles, had a couple sacks. I mean, but when he got in, I felt like, you know, he was always, you know, getting to that backfield just like Alex Wright was, you know. I mean, yeah, he, there might have been some things, you know, to to, to to polish. But, I mean, I, I expect Kelly Sanders to kind of just pick up right where Alex Wright left off. Yeah, he he's uh, made in that, that mold that we like him. Yes. You know, coming off the edge, he's that that six six five looking, you know, two hundred and two hundred and forty five, two fifty pound looking guy that has that good that good blend of um speed and size on him, you know, long arms. It's the same mold that that's that's gotten our guys looks and chances to go to the NFL. He's built in that. He was showing his ability. He got some pressure in the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think I do think he can he can make that leap. He look he looks like a way more polished player. Good. That's and that's yeah. what you like to hear. You know, you go you go back to Jordan Smith. You go to Alex Wright last year. I mean, I, he could be that next guy. You know, getting getting drafted. Hey, next next year, next April or whenever the draft is. I, he could he can get his name called if he just you know has has a great season like we both anticipate him having this year. I wouldn't be shocked at all, John. Not at all. Like, and you know, I, like I said, he, he he looks like a guy. He plays like a guy. He has the burst. He has the uh, the power and the size. So I can see him just coming, being in it, the, the next guy. There you go. And, hey, I know you mentioned this guy earlier. Um, You said, you know, he's kind of put on um, a little more weight to let him be a little stronger. But Kyle Harrell, man, like. Retrick Sr., I mean, we saw what he did last year, but, you know, from what you said earlier, he's put on a little weight, gotten a little bigger, but he's still got that pop coming off the edge. Is that is that, again, what you saw and what you were able to see at the scrimmage? Yes, he still has that explosion, that, that jump off to you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just – and I applaud him so much because this is a guy that was a walk-on. Nobody was looking for Kyle Harrell to be one of the guys – to depend on, but you know, I saw year after year he just found little roles to get himself on the field. Yes, you know, he became one of the main special teams guys. You know, and um, then you he started getting third down opportunities to, to pass rush and you know in certain packages. You know, but now I do think he's put on the weight, and um, I do think he's much more well rounded to be able to handle those first and second down. He's trustworthy out there. You know, right. I think he's put in the necessary work to get his body to in certain spots where it had to be there. So if you combine the size that he puts on now with that, that explosion and that speed that he got, he can he can hold up against those big tackles, mm-hmm. even on even on run plays, because he has uh, the, the, the necessary explosion to pop them. Yeah, you probably ain't going to be able to run a strength battle, just strength, but you can use if everything combined. He, he, he can get it done. And he was showing that out there. He looked good. I mean, it's not it's not just the added weight. It's like muscle. Right. Yeah. It's not just <laughs> 20 pounds of, you know, fat, but this is like almost pure muscle that he's added. To pure muscle. You can tell like, you know, so I'm excited to see what he does this year. You know, I think I think he's put in that necessary work to to actually have a um, a year where he has impacts on the whole series. Just not on just not on third down, just not on third and 11s and. I think we can see him make plays on first and ten. 
So yes, I'm excited. And just a couple more guys we want. I, I wanted to mention uh, Darian coming out of the outside linebacker position. You know, obviously Nakia Eason. Um, expect good things out of him. He played in every game last year. Mm-hmm. Richard Jr. And also, you hit on earlier, Michael Fairbanks. You know, this is a guy that also started or played in all 13 games last year. I think he only started once, but he played in all 13 games and contributed. Um, Had over 25 tackles last year. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, I like, you know, at that outside linebacker position, at that jack position coming in. And and also, hey, it would be great maybe to put him on the line some, you know, help out those D tackles some um, and get him on the inside some. But I, I expect to see him on the field again this year a lot. Yeah, yeah. He was one of those guys that was on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we looked at the scrimmage, he was running with the ones a lot Good. because he's so, because he's so versatile. Right. Like you said, you can move him inside, outside and just off the field type of guy. He was always like a, one of those leader culture. He's one of those culture setters. Mm-hmm. Like come from a good family, great work, work ethic, great student, uh, great listener. You know, he he he's very coachable. You're not going to get he he's not probably not the most vocal guy, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing him. But, man, like I think he's one of those hard working, just would never get too full of himself. And um, he's just going to do the right thing. And so he's been one of those guys for the team for years. And to see his work pay off and last year, would, to me, was really like a breakout year for him to see how he was playing. So to, you know, get out there, see him in the scrimmage now and just see him all over the field. Like they can line him up any, anywhere. He know where to line up. He, he know what his job is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what make him dangerous is like how he plays the game in his head. So um, I, I just I just love giving guys like that their flowers because they're so important to build a program. You know, so you need those type of guys. So I, I hope, hope hopefully that Michael can have a, a big year. I think he deserves it just as a person. I think he deserves it. Good. That's great to hear. And one other guy that I hadn't heard a lot about um, was uh, Jalen Mayala. Um, mm-hmm. He was the guy that came in, uh, transferred from Indiana. He only played in a couple games last year, but I'd like to see him um, hopefully uh, get in, you know, more than a couple games this year and help contribute. Uh, so look to see uh, – I can't wait to see what he does this year in the 2022 season. Yeah, he's in that same mode, that same mm-hmm. George Smith. He's he's one of them dudes, you know. And I'm like, man, you know, Coach uh, Coach Kyle Stringzilla, he's gonna he's gonna continue to put that that weight on him, right? And he's gonna he's gonna continue to get bigger. But yeah, he was one of the guys that came up to me like, man, I appreciate y'all just for being here. And he just he just went out of his way while he was in pads in the middle of drills. Just coming over there, just giving us our flowers. I'm like, that says when guys do things like that, it says a lot about their character, right? And um, yeah, he's a, he's another good character guy that's coming in, working hard, coming in from like you said from Indiana. And I saw him out there, and he was I saw him make a couple plays. Sometimes you gotta kind of look because I think he was 22. Kelly Sanders was two. Sometimes yeah. it's like you're looking at the same guy, <laughs> right? I was getting him confused after time, but yeah. Yeah, I think he's another guy that's going to be in there in the rotation. Good. Well, let's go ahead and talk about these uh, DBs and uh, the defensive backs and the secondary. And let's, hey, let's just start with the cornerbacks. You know, uh, Starling Thomas coming in as a senior. Man, I can't believe this guy's already a senior. Um, but, hey, I was very glad to have him back last year, you know, after coming off of the 2020 injury. 
um, and played well last year. You know, he, he started in all 13 games last year, had over 40 tackles, uh, a couple interceptions, key interceptions, and a bunch of uh, pass breakups. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, hey, he's the typical lockdown corner that you like to have on your team. May not have the best size, but hey, he's a scrappy player, man, and he's not going to let you get anything easy on him. And I think we, you know, saw great things out of him last year, and I anticipate seeing even great things again the 2022 season coming from Starling Thomas. Right, and I think he's even gotten faster. Good, you know, well, that's just, good. Just ta- just talking to, um, you know, some of the some of the strength and conditioning guys, they were just talking about how fast he's been running, and it's just like how much a freak athlete. He, mm-hmm. You know, he was on that he was on that freak list um, of, of college football players. He. Um, yeah, like the guy's he looks well put together and he looks faster than what he already was. Good. You know, so the DBs was my favorite. The secondary was my favorite part of the scrimmage, just watching them play. And, and, you, and, you know, we had just talked about last week kind of, you know, how much we kind of liked our wide receivers and we knew how deep um, the secondary was going to be. But, man, I like <laughs> these guys are going to be shutting down a lot of teams, hopefully this year. Right, because we, you know, you look at Star, you know, Star was over there doing his thing. And then you look to the other side, you saw D Mac, Mac McWilliams. Yes, love Mac he, McWilliams. He's probably the other guy that's probably, he's probably the only guy that's faster than Star, maybe. You know, is mm-hmm. I, I, I would say to them, they so, they're so fast. They're they so fast. So, so I, I'm expecting big things like D Mac out there. It's like, man, you, you got to – it's crazy because it's like you got to find time for guys like Kobe Dempsey and C.D. Daniels. Right. You know, you know, like like them dudes are like, very good corners. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, they would be starting at a, a bunch of other programs right now. Easily. You know? Easily. Like I said, going – you know, like – so I think it was even – I don't I don't even think they wanted to challenge Star and D-Mac too much. I mean, they're proven. Right. Um, but just, you know, I saw them take – a couple shots like at Kobe Dempsey, I saw none shot successful. Hey, <laughs> I saw no shot successful getting thrown. The dude has great closing speed, like, and he's gonna he's gonna compete. Like he's gonna get the. You're not gonna catch the ball. But you I'm love, like, man. Yeah, you love to see. I mean, because this is a guy. You know, going back to Kobe Dempsey, like he only played special teams last year, and here he is. You know, fall camp just. I mean, he's wowing everybody. Like, you've got to find a way to get him on the field. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Starling and Mac. Like, those guys have locked up their spots, I think. But, I mean, like you just said, C.D. Daniels, uh, you, Kobe Dempsey, uh, Devodrick Bynum, and we hadn't even talked about yep, him. Yep, yep, I saw like, him out there. Yeah, he was making plays. I, I almost He almost got lost in the shuffle, right? Oh, man. And then, hey, like – I wouldn't even sleep on Keon Hanley. I mean, this is a redshirt freshman from Fairfield. I mean, going back, he really popped at the spring game that I was at. Like, he really? had a couple big plays. Yeah, and then you go to Cy McDaniel, another redshirt freshman coming from Austin, Texas. Like, you've got all your guys, you know, you know your names. You know you know your Mac McWilliams, Starling, C.D., Devodrick Bynum. And then now we're talking about Kobe Dempsey. We're talking about Keon Hanley, Cy McDaniel. I mean, this is a loaded uh, secondary for UAB this year. So you like to see, you know, we just got through talking about the depth for the linebackers and how, you know, maybe we'll see um, a lot of fresh legs this year and just making uh, rotations. Um, you got you like you you have to think that you like what you see coming from the secondary this year. Yes, the secondary as a whole, like so. 
just the corners and you moving moving to the safeties. Yeah, let's move into those safeties. Yeah, I think we got to start with Bowler. Um, yes, yes. So, man. I mean, this is a guy, you know, who we just said at the top of the show that, you know, obviously had two interceptions in this in the scrimmage. I mean, this guy, it looks like he's, um, you know, covered and covered in, in coverage. Well, obviously, he's going to pop you. He's, he's going to make sure handed. He's going to make sure tackles. You're not going to get past him. Um, I mean, this is a guy who was second on the team in tackles last year with just 63 tackles uh, behind uh, Noah Wilder. I mean, but you just got to like what you see. You know, Will Bowler, I mean, what else can you say? Like, this guy, he's going to have a big season. And then, hey, you got Grayson Cash, too, at the strong safety. You know, I mean, this is a guy with Cash who was named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list. And for those that don't know, I mean, that goes to the country's most outstanding defensive players. So, I mean, you've got to be <laughs> – to get your name on that preseason list. Like, you've got to be right. going out. So, I mean, hey, I'll take another couple more, uh, if he can, 100-yard uh, interception return for touchdowns like he did at the FAU game last year. Hey, if he can do that a couple more times. <laughs> I'd All right. He, but, he does nothing but just make those cash money clutch plays. Don't cash money, baby. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, but but just seeing Will, like those interceptions, I want people to understand that those interceptions that he caught, the reason they're so impressive, and they, these aren't the, the ones where the safety just kind of almost like he catch a punt return, you know, like this one though, it was one that this dude had, he had to cover sideline to sideline down the field, run, hustle, jump, make an athletic play. Like he was doing stuff mm. like that all day. Nice. So me and Steve looking at each other, I'm like, That's a, is it me or is this dude that <laughs> way faster? Like, Man. like he's, he's like going sideline. He like a ball hawk. Like, I remember watching the the old Legion of Doom Seattle Seahawks, and they would have um they had Earl Thomas, and they had um the guy oh, I can't think of his name, but he was the big hitter. He was the other safety, and you kind of knew what their job was, but you knew Earl was gonna be like this interception playmaking type of guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and the other safety was gonna knock you out. Well, it seems like Will has done a good job of incorporating both into him. You know, like, because we already knew what he was going to do tackling. Right. But I was I was just so excited and ready to see him play in real in in real games with his coverage. Like, that sideline to sideline speed was, whew, that was crazy. It was good to see. And then it was, it's crazy because sometimes you'll see him running with the tools and you see, like, wow, you'll see him, like, Damian Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, Swope's can't right? Swope's he was he, he running with it in that star position, mm-hmm. you know. So he's on the field, but it was so many safeties. You saw Jalen Key. I like first of all, Jalen Key was the most swaggiest guy out there. Like he had oh. on this, this white leg sleeve with the white. Like it was. I was like, oh, oh okay, like, okay. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, of course, you got Cash out there. You got swoops and you know in the star and then you got the miller twins both you know going and yeah, i was like and, yeah. yeah like and they were running with the one something Jalen key was running with them and it, you didn't miss a beat they all made plays like see, you, you love to see and then too xavier lanier don't forget about him also what's what what number is xavier lanier uh right i do not know um let me look it up real quick i know mean, he's a red Richard jr i played in 10 games last year let me see what number he's rocking this year was he uh number 11 eight he's rocking eight this year. oh number eight i did see a number can you tell me who number because i don't got it pulled up who was number 11 
number 11. Let's see. I wonder. Because I, 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 Shropshire is 11 on offense. Hold on. Yeah, I, I saw 11 on defense. I was just wondering. It might be like a walk on or like a. Um, yeah, let me. Let me pull up the numbers. Okay, here we what? go. Here we go. Uh oh, Damian Miller, yeah. Okay, that was Damian. Never mind. Cause I was like, I saw I saw eleven making plays out there. <laughs> like <laughs> and I never I forgot I forgot what his name was. I I looked uh down while I was lo- looking at the roster sheet while I was there. But yep, he was running around. He looks way he's always been fast, but he looks quick, fast. Was making plays left and right. Both of the Miller twins were. Um, what about Cody the, Martin? Were you able to see anything on Cody Martin? What, the guy what, from Iowa Western. And what number is he? He's eighteen. I saw him out there. They all look good. Like they all good. look like they all made plays. I don't. I don't think he popped off as much as some of the other guys because you had. To, of course, you got to have the opportunities to right. be able to do that. So I think Kobe Dempsey. Had a lot of opportunities. He he won every match. <laughs> he Ooh. won every single matchup. Like, and it was like good contested one on one. And you know, sometimes he was going against some of our top tier receivers. You know, mm-hmm. and he he won everyone. And then it, it was good to see this bat like this matchup battle going on. Like Shropshire, I look like Shropshire. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got certain guys in space on offense that made plays. Uh. Zeno and and Dylan look like it's going to be a close. Jacob Zeno is a close battle. Mm-hmm. I yeah, and I, I know they I, both they both threw a pick. Um, which I mean, but you're going to get that in scrimmages. Like, yeah, it's gonna... a scrim. And and then they weren't like egregious picks. They, those were, I mean, Will Bowler made good play. Like it, it wasn't like a pick that you got mad at. Like it, right, he, he was just making good plays and. Um, so, and then just seeing, um, at tight end, I saw Bryce Damis out there a lot at tight end. I know we didn't even mention him a lot. Oh, hey, I forgot to mention last week and I was, I was reminded by a few people that texted me, but I forgot that Terrell McDonald played quarterback in high school. So he's got the hands. Yeah. He played quarterback some. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just saying, I didn't, I didn't know Bryce. I just seeing Bryce out there running with the ones a lot. I didn't. Like okay. that was, it wasn't it wasn't even a guy, but he did everything right, you know. Hey. Like he he was uh, it, he was there. He's he's not a small guy. He's a he's a big guy. And I saw like Brody Dalton make some plays out there, and it was it was cool to see how much depth we had. I'm like, a lot of these guys would be starting on the team that I played on, or they'll be mm-hmm. in the, at least in the two deep, and those were the third, fourth string guys, <laughs> you know. It, it was just, <laughs> It was really crazy to see, but like our secondary and our linebackers, oh, man, like you'll see the speed, the depth, they, the the packages we rotating guys in and out, all can play. It was uh, it was it was a really a good sight. I, I think everybody will be excited about it. It's just the team speed that we have on defense, the competitiveness that we have this year, and from what I've seen so far. Not much penalties. Hey, so. <laughs> you love to see that. Are you love to <laughs> right, right, right. They were all communicating all on the same page, just playing good, clean football. Yes, you know. So um, I like it. I love it, man. 
Good. Well, I know Blazer fans are excited. You know, guys, we are, what, two and a half weeks away uh, from the Alabama A&M game September the 1st. So Blazer fans are just ready for that to come here and get down to protective to help start the season. And can't wait to see this team speed that we've been hearing about uh, from fall camp and from the scrimmage that Darian was telling us about. Guys, uh, this was our defensive preview. Um, so next week we will come back, give you a special teams preview, and kind of give you our expectations uh, for the 2022 UAB football team. But not just that. We're going to kind of give you our um, a little overview of what we kind of anticipate happening in Conference USA uh, out of the 2022 season. Uh, and just a friendly reminder that there are no divisions this year in Conference USA, that it is only 11 teams, so the top two teams – at the end of the year, we'll meet up, uh, meet up for the uh, Conference USA Championship game. Um, but hey, as we mentioned up the top, off the top of the show, if you haven't already, go ahead and get you a T-shirt or two or a hoodie. And uh, you know, like I mentioned last week, kind of allow two to three weeks to get that in, uh, and that's just processing and shipping. Um, but definitely helps support us, and it also helps spread the word about the Blazer Victory Podcast. But also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button, whether you're listening to it now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us right now, go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. And Darren, you want to close us out, buddy, with your uh, you, that you made so uh, so famous <laughs> last week? <laughs> hey, 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 everybody, Blazer Nation, let's ride. <laughs>